Here's the big question this show answers. How do we leverage technology and human science to positively impact our personal and professional life? The tech human experience has the answer. Here's your host, Inc. 5000 tech founder, neuroscience junkie, and Navy SEAL wannabe, Javier Guerra. Hello, my fellow tech humans. Today's guest is a tech trailblazer serving as a senior vice president at Hewlett Packard Enterprise, HPE. She was just awarded the Black Tech Executive of the Year Award by the Black Professionals in Tech Network, BPTN, this year in 2023. Please welcome Krista Satterthwaite. Hi, Javier. It's great to be here with you today. Yes, always great talking with you, Krista. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. I know you're a busy woman. Uh, you know, just just curious. So, you know, tell me a little bit more about the award that you just won. That's that's amazing. Well, I was nominated by somebody at my company. I still don't know who it was, ah. but I was nominated and there were several finalists. I had to submit uh, several things to uh, complete the nomination and I was selected. And the funny part was I didn't hear back, so I didn't think that I won. And I got an alert on LinkedIn and they played a short video and they said, I was like, oh, I wonder who won. And they're like, the winner is, and my face pops up. And I was like, it was an email that went to my junk folder. So I had no idea that I'd won, but I got to um, pick up the award in Toronto at a really nice award ceremony. So it, it was great, uh, a really uh, great experience in the organization's fantastic. It's uh, based in uh, Canada, but it's uh, North America uh, in terms of the coverage. Nice, Toronto. You know, I've never been to Canada. That's definitely on my bucket list. I had neither until then. Really? It's, it's lovely. I, I um, really liked it. What time yeah. of year did you go? I just went two months ago. Nice. So okay. it was nice weather and uh, I had a great time. Yeah, yeah. Beat the heat a little bit up there, right? So Exactly. So let me let me share a stat before we, we get started or just some, you know, kind of research topic here. According to the World Economic Forum, it's estimated that digital transformation could create $100 trillion in value for businesses and society over the next decade. As somebody like yourself deeply involved in this field, where do you see the greatest opportunity for value creation? Yes, for me, I would say healthcare. Uh, and I say that for three reasons. Uh, one, obviously, the impact of being able to diagnose faster or make sure that people don't suffer uh, as long. Uh, and then secondly, we have really hardworking professionals in healthcare. Both of my parents were both nurses, and they met in a hospital. And on many, many Christmases, most Christmases, we got up at 5 a.m. to open gifts because somebody was going to go to work that day. Uh, and uh, and so making their lives easier, I think, is would be outstanding because they're overworked. And then third, I don't know how many people listening have had a, a challenge, a healthcare challenge with themselves or a loved one. And what happens is you just get dumped into this world where you don't understand all the words that people are saying. Uh, it, it's a like this maze that's dark and you're just trying to feel your way around to hold on to something. And there's a lot of waiting and waiting and waiting and manual things. Call this person, fax this, fill this out. Uh, it could get really frustrating at you know your kind of your 
darkest time. So I, I think it's, you know, anything that we can do in that area to help things make things better, to diagnose faster, uh, to treat faster, to make people more comfortable. That's the area that I think um, I would say I would like to see more advancement at, advancements in. Yeah, it's huge. You know, I was pre-med, I, I finished my pre-med studies and decided not to go to, to medical school and become a doctor, but I'm, so I'm very, very familiar with a lot of the advancements in that space. And, you know, actually healthcare IT is, is you know, our biggest area of organizations that we help. And, and I think it aligns really well with tech human, right? And what we're doing is we're all about the human and it's just, you know, it's nothing but human science, but it's everybody, everybody needs some sort of care at some point in their life. And what I like to say is that the human technology is the most powerful technology on the planet, right? So, so um, it's exciting the times that we're living in, and I, it's mind-boggling. You know, I have a, I have a 19-year-old in college, and I have a, a two-year-old little girl. But it's like, just what they're gonna see in their lifetime with all these advancements in technology and just the changes in the world that are coming. I, it's like I can't even, you know, grip it of what it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, you like. can't even imagine what's next because, <clears throat> yeah. you know, it's things are moving so fast. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. the 19-year-old, I think I have a little bit better idea, but the two-year-old, it's like, what? It's going to be a completely different world. Yeah. So, you know, as far as technology innovation for the past two decades, um, you know, what do you believe has had the most significant impact on society? Yeah, mobile phones, for sure. I would say mobile phones. Um, I, you know, I always look at the digital transformation and I look at it like, you know, when you look at what's really driving digital transformation, it's our expectations. It's my expectation, yours, your kids' expectation. Um, and, and you know, I expect to be able to do everything on my phone now. I didn't expect that, you know, you know before, obviously didn't have that capability and it's so funny because I remember when I first uh, deposited a check with my phone and I was amazed I was like oh my gosh this is great I called my husband over I'm like look at this look how easy this was look how much time this saved this is awesome and then it was several months later now this was early days of, of being able to do the deposits and the minimums were fairly low and I was trying to move money from one account to the other and I ran into a limit I couldn't deposit um, with my phone. I had to go to the bank. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the bank? And I was like, wait a minute. I was so impressed with this, like just six months ago. And it's like all of our expectations are what's driving it. It's like the bar just keeps going up and up and up. And we're all here for it, right? We, we want it to keep going. And so that's what I would say is mobile computing and our expectations are just, you know, advancing. Every time something gets better, we expect the next thing. And I'm like a, a, a tech, you know, like I'm into tech so much. I've got an app for everything. I've got an app for the coffee mug next to me. My mattress has an app. My my toothbrush has an app, so I'm toothbrush. like here oh, for it. Wow. Uh, and uh, and I control all that with my mobile phone. Mm. Nice, yeah. And, you know, I just thought of something. That toothbrush totally got me off off track. But like, wow, I've never heard of a toothbrush app. Oh, it was. I know. I think I need an app to organize my apps. Right. Like that, that's, <laughs> that's, what I was right. that's right. That's right. Well, this it, it, it actually tells you whether you're brushing your teeth effectively or not. Really. So, 
I'm kind of into keeping all the teeth I can as long as I can. So yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll buy into that. Yeah, I guess I'm still in the Stone Ages. Mine just has a light that tells you if you're pushing too hard, right? So, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I guess that Christmas is coming up, so maybe I, maybe I can Yeah, I'll a, send you a link. A, I'll an send OS you a link. upgrade on my toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, so, so let's dive into today's topic. Digital transformation and evolving leadership, a new path forward. Join us as we delve into the interconnected nature of technology and human elements in driving successful change, fostering a culture of continuous learning and adapting to the complex landscape of AI, sustainability, and security. So it's, Krista, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting world and it's interesting times that we're living in right now with the, the rate of change. And, you know, I, I keep thinking of this whenever I'm, I'm talking about this is that, you know, just the fact that I'm so surprised at how powerful these large language models are and in the access to the technology that we have at our fingertips because of applications like ChatGPT or LMLs like ChatGPT that, you know, I'm a person that's constantly looking for this. I'm, and, and I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to wrap my head around how, how this is going to affect people that aren't constantly looking for these types of tools and, and advanced technologies to, to leverage in their business and their day-to-day -day life. Um, that how floored they're going to be that by this rate of change. Um, but it, it's just, you know, goes hand in hand with digital transformation, right? But can you describe your first encounter with the concept of digital transformation in your professional career? Um, you know, how, how is your understanding and like approach, I guess, evolved over time? Yeah. So, you know, it's so funny when it comes to digital transformation and how long that's been around. I can't think of the exact first encounter because, and I thought about this, AI has happened so fast. Digital transformation was like bit by bit by bit. All of a sudden we had customers asking, they need to stand up being able to take mobile orders. They need to be able to stand up online bill payment. They need to be able to stand up, uh, you know, access from anywhere for their employees. And so it was like, it was like these little requests that just kind of were bit by bit by bit by bit over the years. So it's, it's hard to pinpoint exactly the first time. And I don't think I ever really realized it was digital transformation until later, you know, you kind of categorize all these requests and what they're doing is transforming digital. Um, but what I will say is that uh, I've seen digital fails and those are interesting and I'll share one of those with you. Uh, the, the digital fail that I'll share and it was in my personal life. I was uh, renting a car in Orlando and I got a fantastic rate. I mean, just like I, I you know, I'm walking to the rental and I'm like, I'm, I'm just smiling at, at how great my rate was. And I, I get to the brand that I rented from. All the other counters are totally empty. I get to my counter and I was like, oh, I'm not the only person who got a good rate. There was a line that was snaked all the way around. I was like, oh my gosh, there must have been 50 people in that line. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh. And then they have these kiosks 
uh, kind of on the side. And they have this person that has a fake background that's there to help you and interface so you can see them. And they're helping one person and the other kiosks are empty. And everybody's just watching to see what's going to happen with that person that's at the kiosk because they're going to jump over there if it, if it works. But nobody wants to get out of line because they don't want to lose their place. So I'm watching and the person of the kiosk, they're asking for this document, asking for that. And they're typing in this and, you know, they have to. And at the end, you know, they send them a to the counter and it was like nobody got out of that line that was a digital fail so I've seen you know I've seen obviously great things and I've also seen the digital fails but I give people points for trying you know but but you've yeah, probably seen yeah. them too um, and, and, yeah exactly and um, but in this in this day and age if you're not transforming digitally it's not like extra credit anymore it's expected and if you're not you're behind uh, and it, it's incredible uh, responsibility for IT because uh, IT is more important than ever, and that's great, but it's also a challenge because IT is more important than ever. Yeah, I, can't, I couldn't agree more, Krista. You know, it, it makes me think about, and I forgot who said it, but it was that everybody now, every company now is a technology company. And if you don't believe that you are a technology company, like you are going to get disrupted by a smaller, more nimble, innovative startup that's going to come in and take out your market share. Because like to your point earlier, they're going to be able to serve their end client better than than you are. And you're you're <clears throat> you're not only behind, you're in danger of existence, right, of being wiped out. And we're seeing that happen with Amazon and with, you know, taking out industries potentially. So um, it's it, as far as like, the you know, books, right, like online books, right, like um when it's it's I don't know is it Barnes and Noble or whatever but like some of these bookstores they're still there but like or Blockbuster right is another example right Netflix and Blockbuster I think it was but but it, it is it is like of paramount importance that you know the old school thought processes of it's not broken don't fix it right like we have to become proactive we have to leverage what's happening whether we like the technology or not uh, because if we don't, it, it's not going to be pretty because things are changing so quickly. You will get left behind, like you said, and, and it's, yes. uh, it, it's yeah. no longer, a, it, it's a must now. So it is a must. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and if you run into a company that isn't transformed, you could tell. It's like, what? I can't pay online? What do you mean I can't yeah. pay? I mean, how's that possible? You know, it's, it's, it just stands out like a sore thumb now. Yeah. And it's, it's human nature, right? It's like, our our demands are up leveled by some sort of an experience and then it just keeps going up and when we know what the possibilities are um so you know you've highlighted the difference between you know what you refer to as um turn crank leadership right and in, in, in other conversations right turn crank turn the crank leadership so to speak um and and transformational leadership right we haven't really got into that on the, on this episode but but could you share more about these two styles of leadership and, and really how you believe transformational leadership is critical in today's rapidly evolving tech landscape? Yes. Um, so I would say turn the crank leadership is, hey, we're kind of always, it's like a maintenance mode. We're, we're doing what we always normally do. And, you know, in, in that case, 
people a lot of times actually get bored. You know, they're they're they want to do something interesting and exciting. Um, and then transformational leadership is, hey, I'm taking you somewhere that we've never been before. It's a great destination. There's going to be a lot of turns and bends, but we're going to a great, awesome place. Um, last year, I had one of the most difficult years I've ever had, professionally speaking, and it was because of the chip shortage. Uh, we had we had to make so many changes to make sure we're navigating um, the chip shortage, and it was a lot of extra work on the team and we never had to move like that before and one thing I learned last year is that and it was a ton of work um, but one thing I've learned last year was that people carry hard work as either a burden or a mission and the the way people behave in those two you know in those two scenarios are totally different if it's a mission people are doing whatever it takes uh, they're working as a team. They don't stop. They, you know, they look at the destination. If it's a burden, they do as little as they possibly can. There's a lot of finger pointing. There's a lot of complaining. And so what I see from a leadership pers uh, perspective is um, if you can make it a mission, uh, you can unlock people's hearts and minds. And I think those transformational types of um, uh, projects are what unlock people to look at it as a mission. And I think if it's a mission, it really has three ingredients. The first one is that it's important. The second one is they think they really have a role in this. You know, what they do actually matters. And the third is that it's doable. Like they really believe they can get there. It's frustrating if people are like, well, you want me to do something? I don't think there's any way we're going to get there. So, um, so I think when it comes to transformational leadership, you have to have a mission and you have to make sure that people feel that mission and they feel like they're a part of that mission. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, there's a lot of frameworks that we use to make sure that that's how, you know, my company operates. But but it's, you know, the, kind of the way that I put it is is um, humans are independent animals, so to speak, right? Like they're going to do what they want to do. And if, you know, this dictator leadership of the past doesn't really work anymore. Can it work in some scenarios? Maybe. But that's not the way that you get the best out of your, your team members, right? It, it's it really needs to be tied about them and about what they care about. And, you know, we use a, a philosophy internally called the mission alignment philosophy that LinkedIn coined in one of their, or one of the founders of LinkedIn coined in their book. And it's really, you know, the way we we look at it is, is anybody that works with us, they're leveraging the tech human company platform as a way to get what they want in their life. And we're here to help them leverage the company to get to where they want to go. And if we can give them what they want, then they're, you know, and then we can make them happy or give them the opportunity of where they want to go. Then theoretically that, that, um, solves the problem of Gallup studies saying that 70% of the U S workforce is not engaged at work. Right. And so it's just kind of flipping the model on its head. So I couldn't mm -hmm. agree with you more. It's, yes. uh, it's extremely important. And it's a, you know, all of us have volunteer organizations and people mm -hmm. volunteer every day to stay at your company and they could easily do something else. So if you don't win the hearts and minds of your team, then you're, you know, you're not going to keep them. That's just, you know, and I always I always say also that uh, when it comes to leadership, there's a bunch of keys on the ground and you have to find the right key to unlock the potential in every person. 
And those keys are different depending on the, the individual. Uh, and, and your job is to find that key. That's the job. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I like that analogy. Uh, that's awesome. So, you know, as AI changes in the in the business landscape, how do how do you think companies need to adapt their strategies and, and operations to really stay competitive and relevant as the future unfolds, so to speak? Yes, well, and, it, and when you're in an IT company, it's interesting because obviously you're looking at AI and building things into the products that you sell and an enabling AI. And then you're looking at AI internally to be able so your employees can use it as well. And I would say uh, being open uh, is, you know, to doing things differently and uh, being creative because this is a tool. If you don't know how to use the tool uh, and you don't have ideas on how to use the tool, the tool isn't worth anything. Um, I was talking to a CIO last week about AI and it was really interesting because he said, you know what I did? I invited in all the executives to talk about, you know, AI and the things that we could do around AI. And I asked him, I was like, you know, you know, what do you want to do? And they really struggled. They really just could not, you know, think of what they should leverage AI to do. And he said, and then he goes, I had him in another time. And this time we did it much more guided. And he said, you know, what we did was we asked him, what kind of data do you have that we can exploit? And what kind of challenges are you facing? And what kind of things do you want to do for customers? And he said it was a whole different thing. He also brought examples of how other industries are doing things. And But you almost have to unlock that, that creativity so people can figure out how to use this tool because it's really powerful if it's used correctly and it can really change the game in every industry. Yeah, you know, I, I love that point. You know, I'm, I'm trained as a master level coach, right? Because, you know, I'm a nerd when it comes to neuroscience and human behavior and all of that stuff, right? A lot, a lot of because of the way I, I was brought up or the way the challenges I had to overcome in my young, you know, childhood years and early adult years. Um, and so but what's what's interesting is that um, I think that creative mind and that creative mind and the ability to kind of you know, leverage things to create and innovate, right? Um, I, I naturally am just drawn to leveraging this new technology at our fingertips. Well, not new technology, but better working technology at our fingertips and more accessible. Um, and I'm finding that it it's so powerful to use in any area of the business, right? And it's, but it's, you know, at the same time, it can be you know, it can be limiting in certain ways. And the way I, I like to equate it is that, you know, as humans, we're very powerful, right? And we're much more powerful than we realize, but we're also inherently flawed. And so we need to be aware of that is that we all have our own baked in cognitive bias. We all have our limited experience and perceptions, and we need to still tap into other people and community and partners and you name it, right? But but just to be aware of that when we're using these tools, right? So that we're not narrowing the, the limit of their quality of their output, so to speak. But they are, I mean, it is, it's, in, it's crazy how powerful it is. And, you know, I jumped on the bandwagon probably back in February and just started learning about it. And recently we've been working with a Fortune 100 of ours that a client of ours has taken us under their wing. And for the past three months have done pro bono work for us. Like literally they gave me, a couple of AI engineers and a project manager and a process engineer to help me build a tool that I wanted, which is absolutely amazing. And so my, uh, 
I have a renewed hope of, you know, corporate America and, you know, just amazing things that big, big corporations are doing, right? At least some of them are. And so, uh, but it's just been a whirlwind over this, this year really of, of the, the possibilities, right? Of leveraging this type of technology. Yes. And it, it, it's really exciting. And I think we're just limited by our imagination really yeah, when it comes yeah. to how to use it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. So, you know, AI not only brings in cha you know, technological challenges, um, but, but also necessitates like a culture shift, right, in the organization. Can you discuss the importance of marrying technology advancements with the right organizational culture and, and, and really to be able to have a seamless AI-driven transformation experience, so to speak? Yes. Um, well, it's funny because uh, the CIO I spoke to, he said, yeah, when I had the business leaders in, I had to tell them, you know, this isn't to, you know, get rid of people, you know, because that's sometimes the fear that we're getting rid of lots of people. Uh, it's to and make sure that everyone can be more productive and take some of the menial things that they have to do off of their plate so they can do higher order work. Um, but I, one of the things I'll say in terms of being motivated when it comes to AI and the technical advancements is I'm seeing people that are more motivated than ever. This, I feel like, has, you know, it's like it's inspired a lot of people. I, I have people on my team that have been, I, I had an all-team meeting, and I, I was celebrating people that had 40 years at the company, 35 years at the company, 30 years at the company, a long periods of time, and this is just like jet fuel. I mean, it's like they're, they're, they're jazzed up about it because they're on the, and we all were on the forefront of this. So I think making sure that people understand that this is an exciting time, it's an opportunity for them. We're all on the ground floor, you know, of this. It's not like somebody is that much ahead of you, you know, so we're all kind of, it's unveiling itself together to the world, uh, to all of us. We all know it's going to be big and we all know we're at the beginning. So uh, so looking at it from that standpoint and how I think privileged we are to be where we are in tech and be a part of it, uh, I think that's motivating. Yeah, it's huge. And, and you know, I'm, I'm holding back from kicking myself of not getting more well versed on this technology before. But like you said, it's still so new. It is you know, so I'm, new. I'm like diving in all the way now and it's just like it's mind boggling. And that's that's one of the things that is really getting me to think like, wow, what is the world going to be like, you know, when my 19 year old gets out of college or my two year old is like in, in school mm -hmm. because it's moving so fast. It, it's just, it it's fast. crazy. Yeah. So so we both know that leadership is critical uh, in steering digital transformation. How would you describe your leadership style and and how it's really evolved in response to changes that you've experienced in the tech landscape um well my style i'm um i'm positive uh i'm authentic and i'm inspirational and the reason i say inspirational is because i try to pump people up uh, i have a gift for being able to see people's superpowers really easily and I like telling them what they are. So, uh, so I like telling you know if somebody comes on my team and you know and uh, and they're down about something, I like them to feel better when they're when they leave. Uh, and for for me, in terms of uh, what I need to do in this fast-paced world of tech, 
um, I need to pull out some of those things. For example, when it comes to the positive, what I mentioned before, making sure people realize that, you know, their, their, their spot in tech right now is a privilege. Uh, they should be really happy to be where they are because there's never been a more exciting time. Uh, my first job out of school, I sold plastics. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I talked every day, all day about plastic. Uh, this is so much better than that. And we're all privileged to be in the position that we're in. So I, I pull out things um, as, and even with the inspirational, you know, if somebody, you know, says, oh, I don't know this, I'm not sure about that. I, I, I like to talk to them about having a growth mindset. We're not born knowing anything. People can learn as long as they have the interest, uh, they can learn about those things. And uh, and growing is is the job. You know, we're, we're all kind of work in progress. So so those are the things I talk about because everything's moving so fast. I, t I heard someone in a meeting that I was in, uh, and we were talking about AI and they were talking about some study that had just come out. And the gentleman was a really smart guy. And he said, you know, in all my decades in tech, I've never felt like so behind if I missed reading for like two weeks, like I'm, I'm behind on, on what's happening with the AI. So I think a lot of people are like, I got to keep up with this, but, but it's all a journey. It's all a growth journey. And, uh, and as you know, and, and we all have opportunities to learn more. No one's, there's not many experts right now because it's all kind of moving so fast. Yeah. You know, and to that point, it's so crazy of, you know, just my experience in the last few months of, you know, having the opportunity that this fortune, this company brought us under their, their wing, right. And, and brought us into the program. And, um, but just going out and tapping into my own research, my own, like doing my own research or my own like network, um, just very quickly bringing people to the table that are so far ahead of the game. It was just mind blowing. But those, those contacts were always there. I just wasn't looking for them, right? And so I was even bringing people to the table that was te was teaching the entire group. And these are people that were like, you know, they've been doing this for years. This is their career. But it's moving so fast and there's so many innovative things coming out that you just don't know if they're there, but you have to be looking for them, right? They're not going to necessarily fall in your lap. And it's just, it's extremely exciting. I'm like a kid in a candy store right now, just trying to like not spend my entire time just, you know, getting more well-versed into those, those cool tools. Right. But, um, cause I have other responsibilities, but it's, it's mind boggling that the pace of changes is, is just nuts. Yeah. Um, and I, I love looking at all the use cases. It's like, Oh, they're using it. You know, this customer's using it for this, this yeah. customer and, and all the customers are trying to learn from each other, uh, mm -hmm. especially in, in the industry that they're in. Yeah, like one of the one of the guys that I met, um, just an amazing guy. Uh, his name is Dustin, and he, uh, you know, he's got like tons of of use cases that that he they're using it for, right? And uh, it's just mind boggling of how useful it is, and that it's it's right here under our noses. But a lot of people are still they're just not even looking at it, or they're skeptical. They're they're literally skeptical about it, right? Um, probably because they've seen so much marketing content out there that is misleading, but, but it really is extremely powerful and, uh, it's here to stay. So it may, may scare some people, but 
you know, it's, there's not really much we could do about it. It's we either yeah. leverage it or we don't leverage it. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's like anything else. It could be used for good. It could be used for bad. Mm -hmm. That's, that's yeah. how a lot of, I mean, the internet could be used for good and could be used for bad. I mean, it's, it's kind of built in uh, and it really, and there needs to be uh, consciousness of the risks and people need to make sure that they're educated about that as well. Uh, obviously for me, in our company, we don't put uh, our private data out into uh, the large language models that are public, you know, those kinds of things. So there's there's those things that you have to be aware of. But um, I think that goes with most technologies that you have to know the, the risks and uh, make sure that you mitigate those risks. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting, interesting times that we're living in, you know, and, and speaking of that pace of change, you know, how are as a leader, how are you really keeping your people uh, motivated and, and really helping them to adapt in this dynamic changing world that we're in right now? Yeah, so a couple things that I do. Um, I'm a big reader, like huge reader. I read probably a book every couple weeks. And so I have my list of books that I like to share with the team. I'll bring things up that, you know, a book recommendation will fly out of my mouth <laughs> on a regular basis. And um, I've hired people externally that have written books to come speak to the team. And my all team meetings uh, with the entire organization that I have, I always have a customer. Uh, so we do, you know, a customer interview as part of that. And I have a career section where we talk about a career topic. And there's, uh, you know, I have a lot of people in product management on my team and we have a whole educational track for product management where we have a lot of learning opportunities. And uh, the, the other thing is, I don't, this happens with a, even a broader organization, but we have something called development day. And it's one day a quarter, no meetings, no work, all you do is you focus on what you want to learn. And, um, and that's great because leaving space for that to take those online courses or in-person courses or read about something uh, is, is really great because people are really busy. Yeah, that would be huge for me. I'm, I'm a learner is in my top five strengths, right? Gallup Strength. So I'm, you know, my wife calls me just like a sponge. I'm just like consuming information. <laughs> and just books and audio it's my it's audiobooks right but i just yeah you know i have a me Lexa too. i'm on the audible have, train too yeah. yeah so i have like yeah. access to audible in the car in the shower and like and so instead of music i'm i'm listening to audiobooks right and same just, same here yeah. and yeah. i'll have to yeah. send you some of the ones that i've uh that I, my my favorites yeah let's let's uh, trade off favorites for sure yeah i'm interested to know what those are um so you know on down that path of continuous learning, right? Um, how do you really foster a culture of learning outside of maybe the development day? Uh, but but really, how do you foster that environment of, of learning and innovation within maybe your specific teams or your, you know, mm -hmm. sub team, so to speak? Yeah, so, um, so some of the things that uh, so luckily, in tech, I, I think it's great, because I think you have kind of people that navigate to tech because they are learners. Uh, they, they, they were attracted to the field that changes rapidly and they like learning. I remember one time there was a employee that I had and she considered it part of her compensation that we sent her to different uh, learning opportunities. Uh, I, I just sent 
some people to a conference to learn. I've got a thank you in my inbox for that. So we encourage people to go and learn at uh, external uh, conferences and classes. And then I would say uh, one of the things that we're doing is um, we, we have a lot of hands-on training. So people can uh, dial in and sometimes it's in person to actually um, hands-on learn new tools. We have an online uh, academy and we share tips on what courses are good and, and you know, recommendations for what to take. I, I feel like we have a pretty, um, you know, the people like to learn a lot that are um, attracted to the technology field and we try to feed that as much as we possibly can by giving them the opportunity to go to trainings and then also sharing things that are helpful. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's so important, especially now, you know, what I, I like to say is that we have to be good at mastering change, right? Because that's coming at us so fast. And, you know, now it's like anybody that's in college is, you know, predicted to change their career five times, right? Because things are changing so fast. Automation is coming at us. Robotics is coming at us. It's the largest, you know, technological revolution or industrial revolution ever, you know, which is, you know, AI automation, um, all of this digital transformation, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling to, to what the world is going to be like here in just a few years. Right. I mean, you already have talks of flying cars. There's already flying cars that have been, um, released. Right. And it's just, there's already a, a robotic AI citizen in Dubai. I think that's a citizen of whatever Dubai is, right. The, it's not a country, but, um, uh, it's just like, really? Like, it's, it's mind boggling. It um, is. And I, I think um, when it comes to people adapting well to change, I think it's a muscle. Because the more things, you know, the more change you experience, the better you are to adapting to changes over time. So, you know, it, it's just like, you know, you know, starting with weightlifting. It's hard at first. And then that, that little initial part that you struggled with is such an easy thing once you move up um, the, the ranks in weightlifting. So I think it's a muscle. And as, as people practice it, it gets easier and easier and easier. I, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, and um, it's, and you can kind of, it's almost like, it's, it's kind of like riding a bike, but actually I feel like, you know, full disclosure over the last couple of years, you know, cause since I have a, a, a new addition to the family, I've kind of been out of my normal routine and then I moved. Right. And so all of those things have kind of gotten me out of whack because I'm big on meditation and, and routines in the morning and using a lot of neuroscience techniques and just self-development techniques to really reprogram myself on a daily basis, my mind in the morning, my mind at night before I'm going to bed. And I've actually designed systems around this. But for the past couple of years, I've kind of been out of whack uh, because of sleep patterns and because of moving and all this stuff and just changes. And so I've actually kind of digressed and when dealing with the change and I'm, I'm on the track to kind of getting back to my normal routines. But it, you know, your daily practices and behaviors and what you're doing really has it plays a big role in and being able to adapt and all this and getting the clarity that you need to kind of understand yeah, where you totally focus agree. your attention. Yeah. I, I, have you read the miracle morning? I have, I have, you have yeah. you? 5 yeah. a.m. club. Powerful. Both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Powerful. Very similar kind of concepts, yeah. but um, I'm the same way. I, I have my morning routine mm -hmm. and I actually, <laughs> this is maybe a little too nerdy. I grade myself every day. 
in really? three different areas. Wow. Yeah. And I plot the That's results awesome. week to week on, on how I'm doing, because what I found is if I don't keep track of it and, it, you know, especially when you have to force yourself to plot it on a chart, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it really becomes, you know, real to you. So I actually have a something on my fridge that I have three different areas and I every day I get either a one, two or three in those areas or zero. And and then I keep track of that and I plot it, add up all the points at the end of the week and I plot it, plot it on a chart. So um, yeah, we, we need to talk more. I, I used to track <laughs> my stuff with an with a with an app, actually. But it's you know, I've actually designed an entire system and Miracle Morning you know, system is, is in, was inspiration for it. But I actually have other components of like, you know, a Japanese philosophy of Ikigai and some other things, right? And so because of all my training through like these coaching institutes, um, I have a lot of information or knowledge around these different areas of kind of how to move the needle and kind of live purposefully and all that stuff. And I've actually coached my son through that since a very young age to help him overcome his fear. And, and you know, now he's, you know, very advanced. Uh, he's just started as a marine biologist in at a uh, and m uh, and and so but he used to be terrified of the water and oh, then what? He, had, really? he was terrified of the water even in swimming pools uh -huh. and then i got him diving when he was 12 years old and you know now he's gone night diving with me and it's actually his love now and so oh, isn't that crazy? He, he pushed through his fear and and a lot of these coaching philosophies that i've that I've learned, um, you know, they, they actually work. And so right. we definitely have to compare yeah. those things. Yeah. 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 That's yeah awesome. That would be, that'd be amazing. So, wow. That from, from being afraid of water to yeah. <laughs> marine biologists, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 So Krista, you know, we're coming up on time here, but, um, in your opinion, what technology do you think the world needs that doesn't exist yet? Okay. I thought about this. Um, and, the the technology i would say is a technology that can help people well let me start with the problem i want to solve um the problem i want to solve is when it comes to um diseases that are the most likely to cause death which are heart disease respiratory disease uh, diabetes and cancer um, this stat will probably blow your mind but 80 percent of that is preventable, 80%. The challenge is that uh, the behaviors that cause those disease and the consequence are separated by decades, right? And so, you know, if, if let's just say I wanna cross a really busy street and I'm in a hurry, I'm not gonna just jump out in front of the cars because the consequence is obvious and it's immediate, right? But we do things all the time when it comes to diet, exercise, smoking, those kinds of things, because we're rolling dice. Oh, well, probably won't happen to me, you know, those kinds of things. What I'd like, though, this is pretty futuristic. I would like to have a technology that takes our DNA, because it shows kind of how likely we are for some of these things, and can detect our habits and give us a sense of how far we are on that road to getting heart disease, lung disease, uh, diabetes, when we eat what we eat and we uh, move the way that we move, the way that we smoke, because I, and be able to kind of, uh, you know, send you that alert with a video of your face 
on the consequence. So, you know, those uh, smoking commercials with the artificial voice boxes and those kind of things. What if that was your face? Uh, and that was you, and you're seeing a glimpse of yourself in the future if you don't. So you're kind of like a you are here, and if you keep going this way, this is where you're going to be at this age, that kind of thing. So it's a little futuristic, um, but that's what I would like to see. Yeah, and I, I believe it will happen, right? And I've had similar, I mean, not, I wouldn't say not leveraging DNA, but I've had similar thoughts about, you know, maybe developing certain apps that are tied into AI or LMLs or whatever, right, to help basically kind of like an automated coach, right, to kind of help you see or monitor what, what your behaviors are, because really our behaviors lead into to what we're creating, right, and what we're thinking about. And, you know, it's all it's all tied together. So it, it's very interesting. And, uh, you know, it makes me think about Ray Dalio's book, Principles. Uh, he talks about first and second order consequences, uh, you know, and we are it's human nature like we don't want to do the always feel like doing the hard work up front but we want that that end goal of that good second order consequence but you know we might want to pick up that ice cream cone or you know not get off the couch and go run around the block at least so it's yeah i, I humans are interesting animals in that way for sure yes they are <laughs> yeah yeah we like immediate gratification yes so Krista, we do. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, you know, I thank you again for joining us today and sharing your insights. Um, you know, uh, if the audience is interested in, in digital transformation, right, again, remember, you know, if you don't think that you're a technology company, um, you know, I believe that you need to have a wake-up call because, uh, and a lot of very smart people believe the same thing, that there will be a smaller, more nimble, technology-savvy startup that can come and take your market share. So really now in this age of digital transformation and disruption, everybody is a technology company. So if you're interested in learning more about how you can transform digitally, uh, HPE can help. You know, Krista uh, you know, would be happy to talk to you more about it and, and you know, give you some insights on maybe how you can move that needle in that direction or maybe HPE can help you. Uh, listeners, be sure to check out her work and follow her on social media. Website links and social handles will be in the show description. And, you know, to, to leave you guys with some insights from more insights from Krista. Krista, what is one piece of actionable advice that you can give to emerging leaders who are just starting to really navigate their path through digital transformation landscape? Uh, well, first of all, emerging leaders, I would say you have a bit of an advantage. Um, you're, you know, you're early in your career, and I think this is going to come super naturally to you. I think you're going to, the pace of change, uh, you're going to probably be able to keep up with it really well. Uh, what, but I, what I would say is uh, be a continual learner, and then also learn the rules of how to get ahead in, in your workplace. Uh, I would say that yeah, I mentor a lot of people and people are working really, really hard, but sometimes don't understand the rules for how to get ahead at, at the workplace. Well, that's a great point, right? Everybody, every culture is different. Everybody is different. Leaders are different. And uh, yeah, that's definitely. And I do yeah, have a book a recommendation point. for that. I oh, should. Really? I should, yes. Uh, it is called Rise, R-I-S-E by Patty Azzarello. 
right? Yeah. And it is available on Audible, and it's the best getting ahead career book I've ever read, and I've read a ton of them. Awesome. You know, again, Krista, really appreciate your time. Thank you for all the great insights. Definitely looking forward to keeping the conversations going with you and, you know, sharing, exchanging book ideas. And, you know, who knows, maybe we'll do a, a, a joint venture and, uh, and develop an app, right? Yeah, that <laughs> would help, be fun. Develop an app to organize our app, all of our apps. That's you know? right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so audience, don't forget to help your fellow tech humans. Share this podcast and follow me on LinkedIn at Javier Guerra360. See you next time on the Tech Human Experience. Thanks again, Krista. Have a good one. Thank Talk you. Bye-bye. The Tech Human Experience 